Hi everyone and welcome back to Aspire 21 the podcast. Today I'm joined by the beautiful Dorothy Manin. She is a 24 year old self-proclaimed self-love encourager. That is a mouthful. An actress <laughs> from New York and now she lives in LA. She has gathered over 800,000 followers on her TikTok where she showcases her acting abilities to seamlessly switch through various emotions within a one minute clip. It's very impressive. Um, and to her impressive and fashionable fits, to her comforting self-love advice and affirmations she shares through her platform. Personally, I have saved several of her comforting TikToks as they <laughs> have given me encouragement and light in some of the darkest times in this pandemic. So I wanted to have her on to get to know more about her and I honestly feel like she's the true definition of an unapologetic bad bitch so I just I had to get to know more and I'm excited to share with you guys today so welcome to the podcast thank you thank you for having me you're welcome and how has it been how's the whole like pandemic situation there yeah you know, it's um, it's obviously crazy in Los Angeles because we have such a high population, so things are pretty cracked down here. Um, but, you know, just trying to make the best out of... If I was like, if I'm going to be home 99% of the time, then let me really create a foundation from home. So it's definitely been a blessing in disguise. I did get laid off from a waitressing restaurant job that I had. Oh, but, um, but because I got laid off, that's what made me really just focus on, um, writing my book, which is something I'm doing. Ooh, okay. Um, we'll see if we can more about that. Yes. <laughs> um, and my YouTube and my TikTok and just really, um, and my Twitch and honing in on everything. So it's definitely, um, been a blessing in disguise. <laughs> that is definitely so cool. So how long have you been, um, doing TikTok? Is that your first social media platform you've been regularly posting on or have you had some before? So I think I was on, you know, I think we all were on Instagram like originally, but my Instagram, I never really put too much energy into. I think for a while I tried promoting stuff, but it was just like putting money into something that I was like, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Mm. Um, and then my best friend who was my roommate at the time, Kai, she was like, girl, you have to get into TikTok. Like you have to get into TikTok. I promise you it's going to be totally worth it. Um, and then I, I still wasn't, I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's something I want to get into. Mm -hmm. And then we went to VidCon, um, which is the convention for like, there's a bunch of influencers. Like just YouTubers. Media. Yeah. 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 Um, and there was big TikTokers everywhere. And they were, we were talking to a bunch of them and they were like, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get it. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, what so year sure was enough, this by the way? I think this was like, I think I want to say it's been two years now. Oh, okay. So when I first started, it was not, um, you know, I was doing videos like maybe once a week and I was just doing whatever trends I saw. I wasn't really doing what was unique to me yet. Um, and so my videos were not really doing that well. My lighting was pretty terrible. You know, we all have those beginner it's phases. It's the beginner stages, exactly. Right, right. from somewhere. Exactly, exactly. And it wasn't until, you know, I think I got up to like 300K within the first year. And then I just, you know, I wasn't really kind of hit that flat ground mm, at 300k right. and um and then when the pandemic happened my best friend texted me and she was like it's time that we cracked down I was like you're right you're mm. right so from there I started posting every single day and that's when it went that is amazing <laughs> that is so amazing so I definitely want to know a bit more about you aside from the TikTok and yeah. everything. So you're from New York, is that correct? Yes. Where about so from New York? A lot of places. Oh, okay. Yes. So I, I say New York to keep it really simple, but I've lived oh. in so many places. <clears throat> so I was actually born in New Jersey. Um, and then I grew up in Long Island, New York. I lived in Florida. I lived in North Carolina, Georgia, oh, wow. South Carolina, literally everywhere. Um, was my, there a reason why did you just like, did your parents like to travel a lot or 
My family liked to move. Um, also with my dad's job, we moved around a lot too. So it was just a combination of like them liking moving mm. and my dad's job. So we moved like every two years, but New York is where I did spend the most time growing up. Um, and then I came out to California seven years ago. Oh, wow. So you yeah. were, I need to do the math within myself because we're both 96, aren't we? I was so 17. I was 17. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you I for just doing it. Yeah. Um, to all the listeners listening, I did get an A in my GCSEs in math. So I know my math. <laughs> nice. It just caught me off guard for a bit. Right. So what led you to move to LA? So what was the last state you lived in before LA and like how long? Yeah. Was it like a big change or was it just kind of like a natural Yeah. Change? I lived in North Carolina. Um, and... I think I've always been like a city girl at heart for sure. Mm. And uh, where I lived in North Carolina was a very rural, small part of North Carolina. And, um, and I took theater class in high school kind of as a joke initially. I was told that it's an easy class to pass. You get to do yoga all day. And I was like, that sounds great to me. Mm. Um, and then I fell in love with it. And my theater teacher was the most incredible woman ever and her passion for it really relayed over to me that's the power and, of good teachers isn't it oh man she was the best and um and I was just like when I knew I was considering where I was going for college I was like I gotta get out of this town I've got to get out of this small <laughs> town I want to be in a big city and I was actually planning on moving to Boston. I was going to go to Emerson College in Boston because that's where my theater teacher went. So I was just going to like follow right in her footsteps, mm. her footsteps. Um, but then I got an email from the school in the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, a mouthful, in Los Angeles. And they emailed me. They wanted me to audition to come be a part of their program. And I auditioned in Atlanta. And I got it. And I was like, mom, dad, I'm going to Los Angeles. <laughs> that is so amazing. Is that the American Idol impression? Or you know, oh, like, oh, I don't you know. know. Like... Oh, God. It is. It is subconsciously. I didn't even realize I was doing that. <laughs> well, I, all I got it in my head was like an image of Ryan Seacrest and yeah. like American Idol. I was like, it's not really familiar. Yeah, I love it. That is so cool. Like, I definitely understand. Like, if you're from quite a small rural place, you're like, I just want the, the big city life. Um, I'm from London, so I've not really known anything apart from be living in a big city. And I don't think I could do like a tiny town. So I understand that completely. I'm really curious of like what moment or like what feeling did acting give you that you knew like this oh, is me? Yeah. So growing up, I always felt like I had a lot of passion, but it was not really placed in anything for a long time. Like I had so many different interests all the time. And like one week I want to be a surgeon. The next I want to be a detective. The next I want to be a nail tech and then a hairstylist. And every week it was different. And I was fully invested every single time. Um, but growing up, like I had, you know, I had a very supportive family, but when it came to like friends and school, I was very, very isolated and I didn't really feel like I could express who I was freely at all. Um, and so when it came to acting, the first time that I actually acted like was given a scene to do, I was like, it felt so free. And I finally felt like I could just be myself. Um, the cool thing about like theater classes and acting in general is you have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to embarrass yourself and you literally have to just express yourself in the fullest way in order for it to, you know, connect with people that are watching you. And, um, and that was so beautiful to me because I, I felt like, I feel like I felt like an outcast for so long in my friend groups and in school. Cause I was always the new kid because we were moving around so much mm. and acting was the first place where I could fully express myself and feel unashamed. And that felt so freeing. 
That is so incredibly beautiful. Like, I've never had a conversation with an actress. So <laughs> that's why I wanted to know. I was like, what's that moment like? But that was such a beautiful answer. Thank you. Of course. And um, how has the acting journey been so far, being in LA for the last seven years? Yeah. So, um, so to give you a little insight of like what the, it's been like. Um, so for three years, I was in college two of that was spent training, like schooling. And then the final year I was accepted into the theater company, which is when you just perform full productions on stage every week. And, um, that was super fun. And then leading up to, and then after I left and I graduated, I, I was super excited. Cause I was like, wow, this is the first time in my life. I have no response. You know, you're not responsible to anything. No, just not to school, not to your parents. And it's you're like, the best feeling. The whole I world is my oyster. Right. Yep, I know that um, feeling. And so I started working on building on my resume and, you know, submitting for different projects that filled out my resume, working on getting my reel together and things like that. Um, and then I <laughs> fell into a very unhealthy relationship mm -hmm. that I was in for two years. And during that relationship, although there was jobs that I was doing, it was a very controlling, manipulative relationship. So it was very, very limited as to what I was actually working on, like for myself. So that like two year time frame was like, I was still doing gigs, but it was certainly not with the same energy and momentum that I had going later on. Right. And, um, and then following that, um, it's been super like, I'm, I'm very grateful for the management and the agent that I do have. Um, I've been booking a lot of commercial work, which is really cool. Um, I'm, I've, you may see my proactive commercials circling around. I also really had terrible acne for a long time. So the proactive commercial is amazing. Yes. Get it's very due to my get heart. That partnership. That's right. Um, I saw I the done car a, commercial that you did. That was the great. Honda. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. I was like, with my no big way with the belly. <laughs> I was watching. I was like, there is no way we're the same age. Like, no yeah. way at all. You get it very often that you look older. I get that all the time. I get yeah. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've lived many lifetimes. <laughs> but it's very, very cool. Um, I'm more exposed to acting on TikTok and I think that's yes. what actually captured me in the first place to follow you because it was so incredible to see you because I can imagine it's very difficult as an actor to on the spot exude an emotion and gain that emotional response from an audience but the ones where it's like a point of view perspective of like uh, like a breakup or I think I watched one where it was like a woman kind of regaining her confidence and you did one where you like were crying and you just switched real quick i was like <laughs> yo this is incredible so you are very very talented very thank talented you. thank you i i think um i'm definitely i've always been a very very in tune with my emotions i'll say that and so when it comes to acting all my training it was kind of funny because you learn all this training of um, all these different techniques that you could do and all these different, you know, styles of acting and stuff. And then by your third year, they pretty much tell you, you know, the biggest thing is being authentic to that experience. And so acting is actually not acting. That's what it is. Right. And it's, it's really being, um, and living in that moment. Now, of course there's different styles of acting people do, um, where it's like, they, how do I explain? Like some people do it in the style of going off of imaginary circumstances. Like if I'm doing a breakup scene with you, I'm creating an imaginary breakup that happened in my own experience and I'm connecting to that, right? And then some people do the more realism style of it. 
Um, and I kind of dapper into both where, uh, let's say same breakup scene, but I'm thinking about a breakup I've had in the past in my own real life experience. And I'm bringing in triggers from that into this acting scene. So both can bring up real raw emotions. That is um, incredible. If, yeah. So is, you it's know, whatever true, your preference is. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's a very much a true art form. And do you, um, like, where do you kind of, apart from past relationships, like the creative process of bringing those different characters um, and telling that story, which is, I think, you know, if anyone listening, like it really is a talent to do it within a minute. And it's a concept <laughs> that people can relate to in a, in a minute, you know, and sometimes you're not really saying very much, you know, the voiceovers or um, other audios. Yeah. I don't know, my brain's scrambled. But where does the creative inspiration come from? And what's your favorite one you've done so far? Absolutely. So um, for TikToks in particular, there's so many things that can spark that creativity. Like for TikTok, um, if you have an audio too, like sometimes a sad audio is all you need to really just get those emotions working. Um, so there's a lot of magic that can happen there. There's a couple that I do. I like to do different POVs than what you may think would come from the audio. Mm -hmm. So I like to just listen to it a couple times and see if anything sticks out to me in the dialogue that somebody may not have thought of before for me to create like a little mini story around that. Um, and then, yeah, I just go off of, um, a lot of times too, like, especially for TikToks, cause TikToks, it's like, you know, 15 seconds, 60 seconds, and you get to have this moment to yourself right before you hit play. Right. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of freedom there with being able to connect to the emotion before they call you call action. Cause you're just pressing play. Right. So it's definitely different than being on set. Um, but what's great about that is there's so many different ways I can connect to the emotion. I love to connect to deep emotions, um, of happiness too, to even trigger crying, which might sound interesting. So like I have a deep connection with my family, particularly like my mom and my niece, just thinking about them because how much I love them will make me cry. So, um, Right. And sometimes when it comes to acting, it's not that you're trying to connect to a specific emotion, but you're trying to feel deeply and then you let the moment take you into that specific emotion. So like, because a lot of things come from that deep feeling. Like if you love somebody, there can be anger that comes from that love. There can be fear that comes from that love. There can be so many things that stem from that, just that deep rooted love. So I like to connect to, um, like if I'm doing a sad scene for some reason, I can just be thinking about how much I miss like hugging my niece and you know, all of those things. And I'm grounding myself in a deeper emotion. And I let that groundedness take me into whatever moment I'm doing for the camera. So that's one thing. But if it's something that's, cause I do a lot of murderous TikToks. I'm I sure you see lots of those. <laughs> right. So there's, um, there's a lot of different, you know, and I like to, um, study like different characters too, um, from different movies and shows that you watch as well for inspo and, um, but also just tapping into like, you know, different experiences I've had in my own life. If it's like a femme fatale towards men type thing, you know, there's plenty of experiences every woman has had to be able to tap into that, you know, that murderous side. So, mm. um, allegedly, and uh, <laughs> right right exactly yeah so that's that is incredible bit into that i love like hearing about the stuff like behind the scenes because as i like watch of tiktoks it's it's quite interesting to like actually have a conversation with someone who does it and like hear behind the scenes <laughs> about all works um so yes going on from tiktok i'd love to hear my favorite aspect of your account is also the self-love affirmations yeah and i would love to know more about like what led you to start them because i feel like when you you really do say them from a genuine place like i really don't feel like it's any sort of fluff or like any sort of you're just 
you know saying something yeah. that you saw on Instagram. <laughs> but um, I'd love to know more about that. Like, is it affirmations you're also saying to yourself? Where does it come from? Yeah. So growing up, um, particularly like 15 and 16, my mental health was absolutely horrific. Um, I had severe depression for a long time. I was not, um, I was in a very, very dark place for a long time in my life. And I kept a lot of it to myself, if not all of it. And so all the suffering I had endured mentally was just the people around me were not really aware. And so to that, um, I never really had somebody to say these reassuring things to me. And so when I get on my TikTok now, I think about all the things I wish I could have told, you know, 15, 16 year old me, or even me on the days that I'm not feeling too good, you know, just the things that I would like to have heard or I like to hear. Um, and in that same sense, as you said, it's also affirmations for myself too. Um, and you know, a, I do look at my camera, not at myself when I record a TikTok, cause I know you can kind of do both, but I like that eye line to be directly at your eyes. You know, I um, get it, yeah. yeah. But even though I am looking at the camera, um, I do, uh, especially some of the ones you may even see that I get like maybe choked up or teary eyed in some way. I make sure I'm saying things that I I need to hear. And in turn, you know, if I need to hear it, there's sure as hell people out there that need to hear it too. And, and that's why I feel like a lot of them really do resonate, um, resonate deeply. That is beautiful. Do you ever sit and feel like it's part of um, like some sort of purpose fulfilling, you know, like a full circle moment of I've been through this, I know what it was like, and I want to yeah. give back to the same. Absolutely. Person. Oh yeah. It's so, um, it's so genuinely touching to have people tell me that I'm changing the way that they look at themselves or, um, you know, keeping them from being in maybe not so good relationships or just helping them heal from any traumas they may have, or even just reassuring them and making them feel confident, you know, whatever. It's the best feeling in the world. Um, it really is. I think, because uh, I've had such a deeper understanding in these past couple years of how we are really are so connected energetically and it can be so powerful. And, um, and, and with being an actor too, I know there's plenty of people that like do it for fame and stuff, but with me, um, obviously, you know, I fell in love with the craft of it, but with growing my platform in both social media and in acting, my biggest goal of all is just to be changing people's lives for the better. Um, I remember as a kid when I would go watch movies and I would see the actors on the TV screen and I would just like, you know, it's just like chills and just that you feel so deeply for this person that you don't know because they are making you feel like you're heard um, or they're inspiring you. You know, you leave the movie theater and you feel like you want to like do something. You feel like I super know. inspired. That yep. is the, I feel like I also embody the characters a bit. Like I start talking oh, to them after. Oh God, yes. <laughs> and I start like doing little mannerisms. I'm like, what am I doing? It was only two hours of my life. If you're not pulling personality and character traits from, you know, movies and shows you're watching, really, what are you doing? Like, where's the fun of it, you know? Right, exactly. So all of that's to say that, um, you know, I, my biggest goal with everything that I do is just to be uh, making everybody's lives a little bit better um, because in turn, it enriches my life too, you know? That is amazing. What's the most significant way it's enriched your life? That one moment you really remember that made oh. you like really feel it in the heartstrings of like, Ooh, this yeah. is real. Um, yeah, I could cry just thinking about it. Um, I have a lot of people that will comment, um, you just saved a life today. And every wow. time I read those, like I'm crying now just thinking about it. Every time I read those, I'm like, whew. Man, because I know what it was like to be in that position. Um, there was 
plenty of years that I did not want to live and to have people tell me that I'm giving them a reason to live. That's every time I read it. Oh, yeah. That is beautiful. And um, what has that journey to your own personal journey of self-love, what has that been like? Yeah, it's been a journey. That's for sure. I love to tell everybody. We're still growing. We're still evolving. That's right. And it's constantly um, a progression. Yeah, I, uh, for many years of my life, I love to tell everyone this. I was extremely insecure um, and just didn't love any aspect about myself. I thought I was a waste of space. And, um, I love to share this with people because I'm like the, the bad bitch, the confident bad bitch you see today. She was not, she was not for 22 years. Okay. Um, and it, and anybody can do it. It just takes that work and consistency and, you know, every, every moment I'm learning something new that's evolving my confidence and self-love. I think, um, big moments for my self-love journey just came from the little 15 minutes every day I would spend listening to a YouTube video or a podcast that talked about self-love. And then a year later, I would look back and be like, oh my God, like I, I think so differently than I did then. And it's just those little increments of stuff that really start to stick after a while. And then, you know, Every time you have a hard experience, you're learning, right? And this is something none of us want to hear when we're going through the hard experience. It's the last thing you want to hear. (laughs) The last thing you want to hear. Um, But the shittiest moments in my life have been the biggest blessings. And I stand by that always. And so, um, you know, leaving the very toxic relationship that I was in was one of the foundational moments of my character today. And I've had many experiences just in this past year of having to learn how to set boundaries with people, healthy boundaries and say no and prioritize myself and also learning to communicate um, in a healthy, clear way. Because for so many years, I kept everything bottled up um, every feeling I had, every, every little thing I just kept to myself and eventually that bottle pops. So, yeah, um, I feel like that's a part of adulting. People really need to like, that is a fundamental lesson in adulting, <laughs> learning how to communicate your emotions. I feel like it's so overlooked by some people, but it's very, very important. So important. And it's- what kind of made you like not open up? Did you feel like maybe you're doing people a favor or was it kind of like your own security? You know, uh, this is something I ask myself to this day because growing up, you know, if you're looking at my life as a, like my childhood life from an external perspective, you'd be like, things are all right. Like she doesn't have it that bad. You know, I had a very loving, like a huge family, all extremely loving, Um, my family, you know, we were lower middle class or whatever the hell you call it. Like we were okay. You know, things were fine. Um, and, and I think it's because if you look at videos of me when I was like younger than 10, I was wearing feather boas and glittery dresses and singing in front of the whole family. And I was always that kid that had to be the star of the show and, um, and entertaining everybody and putting on a show all the time. I would record um, home tours before, long before home tours on YouTube, (laughs) before YouTube was even out. I would record it and like show it to my family. And that is so cute. Do you know what I thought you meant at first? Like a live concert, like in like a home arena? Well, um, kind of. Cause I would, but for my family, I would stand on a cooler and then just be like, everybody listen up. It's time for me to perform. <laughs> um, so I think I was such, you know, I, I don't want to say like in a lot of ways, I think schooling perceived me as like the weird kid. Right. Cause I was very creatively expressive and I was not afraid to show how freely I express myself until 
the school environment got the better of me. So middle school is really when that started to, well, actually I lied fourth and fifth grade, which is technically elementary, I think, um, which is when that started to change. I was fourth and fifth grade. Um, you know, I was friends with the girls who were like the pretty girls of the school. Mm. They would fake befriend me, some mean girls type shit. They would fake befriend me, but then they would have me, man, schooling is, that's why I'm like, my heart is out to all these teenagers. It really is. This shit's tough. Um, and you know, they would have me like tie their shoes and just like do like literally treat me like scum of the earth, but I didn't have many friends. So I would tolerate it because I was like, at least they're friends with me. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing in schools, you really, it is your world, isn't it? Like you rely on it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the opinion of your peers is so important in schooling and it really doesn't have to be right, but that's all you know when you're in school all day long. It's what people, you know, they, they're either going to make your life hell or they're going to make your life hell, right? <laughs> um, so in the middle school, that just carried on. And, um, you know, I was like the band nerd and the book nerd. Like I had all these things going for me, which is things like now as an adult, I'm like that's what makes you brilliant. But then of course, as a kid, that's what makes you a nerd, which is apparently a bad thing. So, um, yeah, I was just very isolated and, um, and didn't have, uh, many friends. And if I did, they just weren't very good to me. So, um, what was the original question? (laughs) It was, we're on a great roll. Don't you want to roll? I don't know where it was going, but we're rolling. I was like, this is a great story, but it's fine. Don't worry. Speaking of friendships, it segues into my next question. All right. So I see you value your best friend a lot called Key. Is that correct? Yes. Kai. Mm-hmm. Kai. Kai. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. And um, I really would love to know, because I, I feel like I see you and I definitely see a girl's girl and I'm all about girl's girls. I went to more girl's school. I know the girls that aren't girl's girls and I, I always stand for the <laughs> ones that are because they're always the best friends. Yeah. So I would love to know more about how you value friendship, what friendship means to you, and more about your friendship with Kai. Yeah. Right, Kai? Yes, Kai. Um, I have learned so much about what a good friendship is from being friends with Kai. And it's crazy because I've had many best friends in the past that I loved and cherished and still do to this day. But it wasn't until I was friends with her that I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to feel like you're like soul tied to somebody as a friend. Yeah. And also um, somebody who purely loves you for you and all shapes and forms that you come in, period. Unconditionally just love. And, um, and yeah, it's like, it's so awesome. We're each other's biggest hype women. And, um, and it's just, we want to see each other succeed and we love every single aspect about each other. And the cool thing about it is we're polar opposites. We're literally, we're polar opposites in the sense that, um, she likes to say like, she's the spice to my sugar. Right. Or, but like literally like fire to water. She's a Sagittarius. I'm a cancer. So it's literally fire to water. And, um, and the cool thing is that we can be so opposite and also understand that we have a whole love for all the aspects that differentiate us. So it's not like a lot of friends, like It'll be like, oh, you're not, you, you're not like me in that way. And then there's conflict, but it's the opposite with us. And just that we're like, oh, I get that. That's the way that you do you. This is the way that I do me. And that's cool. Like we just have an understanding. I feel like friendships like that are sort of like the best ones because it's not based on like you have like a common interest or you guys are really yeah. alike. It's like we legit love each other because of who we are and we're yep. so different. How did you two meet? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a godsend how we met truly. Um, so, and to like give you a broader perspective of how she really changed my life too. So 
I was in that very toxic relationship when I had met Kai. So I worked at Bloomingdale's. I was a makeup artist for a couple years and I worked at Bloomingdale's and this girl that I worked with at the, um, she worked at the NARS counter. She got pregnant. So she had to go on pregnancy leave and they wanted me to cover her counter. And NARS was like, okay, well, we need somebody to train you on NARS before you're just covering the counter. And so they send in a NARS trainer. Lo and behold, it is Kai. And so we get assigned to- I know. Um, And we get assigned to work together at this counter. And when I tell you the moment, literally the moment we met, we were like, did we just become best friends? I think we just became best friends. And we were taking all of our lunches together, all of our breaks together. And they were like, you guys can't take your lunches at the same time if you're working at the same counter. Um, And then, uh, so she actually got offered a job at Nordstrom. And she was like, I'll only take the job if Dorothy can work with me as my, you know, co co-manager or whatever. And they were like, okay, fine. So then we both went there and then, um, we both decided after a couple of months, we were like, we really don't want to do retail anymore. We really just want to focus solely on our careers. And we literally sent our resignations on the same moment. Um, and then we moved in together for a year and just that year was so much fun and so crazy. Just what like, year was this by the way, this, that was, um, okay. So let me think March of last year was when COVID started the year prior that year. Yeah. So like March to March before that. Okay. So 2019 to 2020. March. Yes. Got it. Yes. Um, yeah. And it was just a super fun year of just like events and going out and just, um, having fun, you know, best friend time. And the reason why I believe it's such a godsend that she came into my life is that, so I told you I was with that partner at the time when I had met her and that partner was very restrictive of who I could see. Everybody was a threat um, to like me being with him 24 seven. And so Kai was that, right? So I really couldn't see Kai. So then we would like do sneaky things. Like I would, I would go to work an hour early and we would literally just like chit chat for that hour before work started and stuff. And, um, and then Kai introduced me to a powerful group of women that went to the church that she went to. And I, um, and she was like, you know, we just drink wine, eat cheese and, and talk about like life and God and whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm down, whatever, let's go. And my second week, I think with this, with these women, this um, woman, Janine came in and she told her story about how she had been in abusive relationships for like 30 years of her life and just all the red flags that she had dealt with. And while she was telling her story, I started sobbing, crying. Um, at this time I was engaged to him. Um, and I was just sobbing, crying and the women at the table are like, Dorothy, what's going on? Why are you crying? And so they made me kind of come forward and talk about what was happening in my personal life that I hadn't really opened up about before. Um, and right then and there, it's so powerful to have eight women say, well, we're going to get you out and we're going to do anything that we can to get you out. And I was like, so beautiful. Oh my, I had felt a feeling in my chest that I could do it that I hadn't felt before, you know, on my own. That's a really hard thing to move. But with the power of eight women behind you, I could do it. I could do anything. Um, And it's because of them that I was able to get out of that situation and, um, and, and be, you know, living my best self today. So all of that's to say, if that girl at that counter had never gotten pregnant, Kai would never be in my life. You need to get the baby a gift or something. Be like, thank you for the way you came into this world. Really? That is so beautiful. That is. So I'm also curious, like, how do you feel like your friendships with those eight women, including Kai, have changed you? Like, because I, when I think of the female friendships I have in my life, especially the close ones I have, I see how I've changed in my time with them and grown. How has that been for you? Yeah. So growing up, 
I have two older brothers and I have all male cousins. So my, my mom has three brothers and they all have like three sons. So it's a huge family of boys. I grew up with all boys. Are you a tomboy? So yes and no. Um, in a lot of ways, totally. And in a lot of ways, totally not. Um, but if you had asked me that, like, three years ago, I would have been like, hell yeah, because I wasn't really letting myself tap into my femininity in a lot of ways. Um, So growing up with all boys was amazing. um, But I didn't, other than my mom, I didn't really have any strong uh, female relationships, uh, especially not with multiple women, like in a group, other than like my aunts and my mom. But And so having this weekly thing to sit down with a group of strong and inspirational, hardworking women was just such a mindset change. I think when you grow up with all boys and and especially with like internalized misogyny, just wanting to make yourself seem like, oh, like you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't like pink and, you know, just trying to be one of the boys, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't really allow myself to be proud of being a woman for a long time. And being in that group made me realize like how beautiful it is to be a woman where we can sit at a table and, and not just um, and inspire each other and cry together and empower each other. And it's a deeper feeling than, um, than, you know, you can't even describe it, but it's, it just really expanded my mentality in being a woman, you know? That is incredible. I totally agree. I feel like I value female friendship so much. And I took it for granted because I went to an all-girls school. So that's like all I knew. I was like, I'm just <laughs> sick and tired of girls. Yeah. But as I grow into a woman, I'm like, I really value my female friendships, especially when I go through like tough stuff with like a breakup or something. Yeah. And that's where you really feel like your female friendships really come in. And sometimes in hindsight, I'm like, I'm low-key kind of happy I have these horrible like guy situations because then we bond even more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so bad so I got silver lining blessing in the skies I mean totally I'm, get it because you know they're there with you when you cry and you're like oh you ever this happened like you broke up with me and then you know they're there for you when you're like on your angry rants I mean I'm just I shifted so many different moods going through a breakup totally, totally get it <laughs> it's just amazing like it's the element of sisterhood isn't it and I feel yes. like you know it's one of the things I really cherish of the female experience um that sort of segues into my next question so yeah. I feel like you are, when I see you on Instagram, when I see some of your TikToks, I'm like, this is what a bad bitch is. <laughs> this is the kind of energy I need in my life. So I really want to know, for the listeners as well, as long, alongside myself, what is your play-by-play of what makes a bad bitch? Oof, yes. So what I found has made me a bad bitch. For one is being unapologetically yourself and authentic to who you are. Uh, We live in a world full of everybody trying to be someone else. And I think your power is when you own who you are and what makes you unique and being proud of that. And, um, And also learning your boundaries, learning your values and and being able to put your foot down. So I was a people pleaser, a chronic people pleaser for many, many years of my life, putting everybody's thoughts and feelings before mine. And, uh, and we just, we really, really, really have to know as bad bitches that we cannot pour from an empty cup. And amen. <laughs> And you got to be able to um, take the time to prioritize yourself and nurture yourself, your, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, everything, and come from that strong foundation. And that way, in any aspect you're going after in life, you have that, um, that grounding. 
So that, that, that's the biggest thing, but there's so many little tweaks to it that are just like, you know, we just got to throw away comparison. We, we do, especially as women, we are very, very guilty of comparison. Now with social media, it's easier than ever. It's exactly open up your phone. There's somebody right there that you think their <laughs> lifestyle is better or they look better. Or whatever. And I'm convinced shit. the algorithm does it deliberately showing you people that look like 100%. you or look like the people you follow. So you're just comparing, comparing, comparing. Oh yeah. It's a constant loop and, um, and it's not easy to stop because, you know, there's all of these things around us that constantly want us to be doing, but we have to remind ourselves, like, I will never be them. They can never be me. And I have to own. Maybe you said that last sentence with such vim, but like, listen, they can't be me. They can't. And, and that's, um, I've said that in one of my TikToks is no one can be you and that's your power. So you have to find what is it about you that you are, um, that you are proud of and just like really hone into that and tap into your power in that way. What about yourself? Are you proud of that makes you? Hmm. I'm proud of, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of like my ability to grow. I think, uh, there's a lot of people that are sworn into staying the same way. And I've always had the mindset that like, I could be an entirely different person tomorrow. <laughs> Who's to say I can't watch me um, evolve, bitches, <laughs> watch me evolve straight up. And just, um, and rem- I think everything it's just life becomes so much more expansive when you have that growth mindset. And yeah, so that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause there's so many little things that get adjusted with that. Like I know if I ever make mistakes that I look at the problem and I'm like, okay, now what did I learn from this that I could take for the next time? And just not beating myself up or feeling guilty for things and letting all of that go. Um, and I think just my determination to, um, heal every wound that I have from either my past experiences and, um, and going into any situation with a open mind and also the willingness to like be wrong, like, um, and like the willingness to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just keeping that, keeping that open mind and that growth mindset has really been a game changer because it's not that, um, it's all smooth sales now that, you know, I'm confident, bad bitch, whatever. Um, I still have moments where I'm like, huh, that thing happened. And you know, that it must be something that's coming up from an experience I've had in the past let me sit down, you know, meditate, figure it out. I have full conversations with myself sometimes. As you shit. have to. You got to. You really do. You got to keep it real with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. That's that so good. Yeah. What are like uh, some practical steps that you take that's your self-love practice? So this can be like you regularly work out, you mm-hmm. listen to a specific podcast, you read yeah. the Bible. Yeah. So, um, so there's both like, uh, you know, there's physical, mental, there's external and internal self-love things that you can do. So, um, I do listen to something either knowledgeable or inspiring every day when I'm doing my makeup is when I do that. That's a habit that I had built, uh, a couple years ago and it's the best thing ever, especially by the time you're done with your makeup, you're like, woo, I can take on the world. Um, so I do that every day. If you have no time, if you just listen to five, like as you're sipping your coffee, just listen to five minutes of something inspirational. It will change your life over time. Trust me. Um, I do meditate, if not every day, uh, fairly often. I Meditation has been a big game changer. I've been doing it for about two years now. And I would say the biggest thing meditation helped me with is whenever I'm having an emotional moment, 
realizing that like my emotion is valid, but I don't have to stay in this place. And my highest self is, you know, um, just feeling that peace and that openness and that love and, um, and just being able to really just detach my ego and my highest self. I don't know if this is getting like too technical, but, um, it's helped me like with my emotional self. I'll just say that. And, um, as far as working out, I do, um, I do like working out just because it like, it does feel good for my body. When I work out, I don't give a fuck about making my body look a certain way. Um, if you work out to look good naked, that's great too. Um, but I, I more so just do it cause it really feels good for my body to get that release. Um, and also I like to, something I've been practicing more recently is, um, I got really into nutrition because I had really horrible acne for a while. So I was like, mm. you know, everybody was like, it starts on the inside out. So it's whatever you're eating that's causing your acne. Right. And the thing is, it's actually true. It is dairy. Sometimes it is sometimes, but, um, uh, and that's to say it probably is most of the time for most people because the stuff that, especially in America, the stuff that we're taking in is so processed and terrible. Um, so learning more about nutrition and eating more nourishing foods for my body. Um, you know, you can every, I, I'm not here to preach a certain diet. Everything works for different people, like different things work for different people. But for me, it has been going more plant-based and just eating, um, more, I, I just try to think of it as, you know, nourishing, like food Being conscious is of what you're putting in. Mm. Yeah. Um, not to say that I don't have a freezer full of bagels and ice cream. They still have their time. Wait, um, bagels I, and ice cream together? No. Oh, no, okay. No. <laughs> I was but like, that's a new one. Maybe. That could be, be a new food combo. <laughs> it could. It with could. bagels, who knows? Yeah, I, um, I may have ordered New York bagels to California. Um, New York bagels are literally the best. The water makes the bread amazing in New York. And in California, the bagels are just not it. So I did order bagels. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like here we have, um, I don't know if it's a franchise or you guys have it there. It's called the New York Bakery and it's the bagels hmm. from them. Maybe it's over there or maybe they've just marketed it here and said it's New York bagels. Who knows? Could be. I don't know. But they are actually so good. They beat any other bagels in the supermarket. Yum. So See? I get it. I yeah. do get it. <laughs> Is that something you miss from New York? Do you miss anything else in particular? I do miss the city. Just walking around New York City. Um, I also miss the deli sandwiches, which are also called Heroes in New York. Is that the um, one sold in bod bodegas? Yeah. Yeah. Seen that yeah. in films. Looks so good. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so delicious. It all comes down to that bread too. Every, the yeah. bread is all better there. The closest bread I've seen like that here is in Subway. And I don't think that's right. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> See how we're struggling here? See how we just have tea and crumpets. See how we're struggling here. <laughs> totally get it i went to i think i was in london for literally one day oh okay over there a while ago but um i think i remember like seeing five guys and i was like they have five guys here <laughs> you know what astonished me about five guys is the um you know the fries and yeah. how they have like the small curve yeah. and i was like because me and my friend went there and i was like oh no i need to get medium like why are we gonna get small she's like trust me small yeah yeah. The small was like an extra large. I'm convinced. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. The yeah. little bacon cheeseburger, that's the standard size, if not mm -hmm. bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and then they fill like half of the bag, but the fries <laughs> do. <laughs> so good. I know, and the occasion spiced. Oh, mm -hmm. the seasonings. Yeah. So we don't get that over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, but you know, it's okay. I feel like I'm very blessed to be in London because if I was in a rural part of England, I wouldn't be getting that. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> did you enjoy your time here or did you just find it to be like, yeah? No, I did. I did. So I did a nine day trip. I went to London, Ireland, and Wales. Oh, cool. Um, All over the UK. Yes. And um, London was cool. 
we went, um, we saw like the Harry Potter bridge, which I'm sure you're like tired of everybody talking about that, but, um, I'm a big Harry Potter lover. So I was like, Oh my God. Um, and we saw a couple of different things that day. Um, and then Ireland was awesome. We went to Dublin and Killarney. So I got to see both sides of that play. And it was just beautiful. Like Dublin was hilarious. Just like going to the pubs and just hearing these hilarious bucket people inside. Of course I had to, I had to. Um, and then Killarney was just gorgeous. So gorgeous. And Wales is beautiful as well. So it was, um, definitely a lovely trip. Yeah. That is so good that you went all over the UK. Cause I feel like not a lot of people remember to hit all the spots. So. Yeah. I try to travel when I do travel, I try to make it like a full trip with as many places there as I can. Yeah. That's good to get the well-rounded experience. Um, so one of my last questions for you is I have noticed you are not afraid to speak stuff into existence of what you want. For example, for the listeners that didn't know, a few <laughs> months ago, she posted about Garnier and she just shook <laughs> her head over to you. And she unapologetically said, listen, if you guys want to make this go viral, reach out to Garnier because I'm giving you guys free promo. And I recently saw that you got that Garnier partnership. Yes. So tell us about that. Your, your face, for anyone that doesn't know, her face is on the box. <laughs> That's how big this deal is. <laughs> It's not just a little thing, faces on the walls. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm always a believer that um, I think a lot of people say seeing is believing, but I think believing is seeing. And um, the more you believe it and the more you speak on it, um, the more it is likely to come to fruition if that's what's meant for your experience. And, um, that was definitely something that was amazing, um, that happened. I, I just like, it, it really genuinely had so many people asking my hair color and I was like, I don't want to just keep telling them without, you know, I was like, like when are we getting back to this? Yeah. I'm like, where is this? <laughs> um, and you know, TikTok like blew that video up. I'm so grateful for that. And, um, this one girl, had commented she's um her name's amanda diaz i believe and she is a verified tiktok creator and she commented she's like i'm sending this to my pr um girl at garnier i was like oh my god and she did and the pr girl hit me up and was like dorothy we would love to talk to you um we saw your video so sure enough here we are, Garnier partner and all. So um, definitely speaking things into existence. I talk about all kinds of things that I plan on accomplishing and I'm very vocal about it um, and vision boards and anything you can do to literally train your mind to believe that you are going to have that thing. But what is also extremely important that I want to say is doing the action to follow up with the belief it's amazing to have the belief that, um, like, I'll give you an example to win an Oscar, right? It's amazing to have the belief that you will win an Oscar. Um, but if you're not doing any actionable steps towards getting that Oscar, uh, that Oscar, like auditioning and reading scripts and doing all that stuff, then, you know, there is a deep rooted non-belief in that belief, right? So it's really, really important that you match the belief with the action and, and those two together just make magic happen. Yeah, so true. That is, that is, I think it blew my mind a bit because I saw it live happen. So <laughs> when you said it, I was like, yeah, you know, say it out loud. Like, don't get them free promo. Like, ask for what you want. But when I saw your face on the box, I was like, whoa, like, this actually happened. Okay. We've only start doing that with my things now. Yeah, seriously. Is that like a legit box box, like in the shops? So, um, okay. So they sent me a bunch with my face on it as like a, yay, we're partners kind of cute thing. 
But then when I posted that video, there was a huge response of people saying, I'm going to buy the box just because your face is on it. I'm going to buy it just to have as, you know, like a, a thing just to look at. Yeah, memorabilia. Put it out, stick on the wall. Right. <laughs> so I did follow up with Garnier and I was like, hey, listen, um, there's something to be done here. So I'll keep you guys posted on what's happening with being able to get you the boxes with my face on it. Yeah, that's in the works. That's that that is incredible. <laughs> you know, one thing I really admire about um, your journey so far is the success you've had that's really authentic is self-made. And I feel like I don't get the essence from you of, you know, I think being an actor, from my perspective, I could be wrong, is very much like waiting on maybe the right director or right producer to give you the right role and then it's going to be your big break right but i feel like even though you're still auditioning you're still working well you were working as a waitress you've really built your own sort of platform and your empire yeah. and your own success and you're not waiting on the world to notice you so yeah exactly thank you so much for being here today and sharing thank your you story. for having me of course and, um yes would you like to plug your socials Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's Dorothy Manini on everything. Um, other than Pinterest, it's real Dorothy Manini, but everything, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Twitch, it's all at Dorothy Manini. And that is D-O-R-O-T-H-Y last name M-A-N-N-I-N-E. And it's man and nine put together to keep it really simple for you. So yeah. Thank you so much. I also noticed I pronounced your name wrong at the beginning. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Literally, Manini. Don't, don't even worry about it. It's like bikini or panini. Do you ever do like a nickname of like a manini and a bikini? Is that going to be an Instagram caption? That would be a good one. <laughs> I should totally do that for my next bikini pick. Listen, I'm taking that. I'll tag you. <laughs> Thanks. And um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you guys gained some inspiration. And if you check out Aspire21, the website at aspire21.com and the Instagram handle and Twitter handle is Aspire21. That's spelled E-S-P-I-R-E with the 21, the number. And I look forward to speaking to you guys next time.